the start of this year, one of the things that I felt prophetically God saying uh, to me was that tell the church, remind them that I am their helper. I want you to say these words after me. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I want you to think about your health. Think about your family and your relationships. Think about your finances. Think about every area of your life and understand he's not just your helper spiritually. He's your helper in every area of life. He's the helper in every season and situation of life. So let's all say it out loud again. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. That actually comes from the Bible, would you believe? (laughs) Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6 says this, For God has said, I will never leave you, I will never abandon you, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can people or life or circumstances do to me? Amen. And in order to activate this help, we need to be a people of faith. Here it is, Hebrews 4.16 in the Amplified. This, This is amazing. Therefore, let us, with the privilege of the children of God, approach the throne of God's gracious favour. We could say, if I can amplify the Amplified Bible, we can say, approach the throne of God's gracious favour and power. (laughs) Amen? Because he's not just got favour, he's got power. Uh, Anyway, it says, let us approach the throne of God's gracious favour with confidence. That's faith. With confidence. We've got to come before God, not just with need, but we've got to come before God with faith. When you present a a need to God, along with that need, you need also to present your little mustard seed of faith and say, Lord, I'm only bringing you this need because I know you're the answer. I'm not presenting you this need like a beggar. You know, have you seen those beggars sometimes even in Australia now? They're at shopping centres, you know, wanting your coins or something or other, you know, go to a third world country and there's lots of them, sadly to say. And uh, in God's perfect millennium and eternity, that won't happen. Amen. (laughs) People will be happy and healthy and provided for in every way. But right now there's sin in the world and there's all sorts of sickness and deprivation and people in awful areas of need. But, uh, But you don't just beg. That's not what this verse is saying. It says, come with confidence, not with begging. You know, to the throne of grace. Come with the confidence God's going to have mercy on me. God's going to provide my needs. God is my answer. Amen. And so it says, with the privilege of the children of God, approach the throne of his gracious favour with confidence, with faith, with boldness and without fear, so that we will receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace and power to help in time of need. And this is my favourite part of this amplified version. It says, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Hallelujah. (laughs) An appropriate blessing, just what I need at the right moment, just when I need it. Amen. Well, sometimes God's calendar and clock are a little bit different from ours, sad to say. (laughs) I need it now and, you know, God gives it tomorrow or whatever. But but that's in his hands and it's us to uh, just to keep believing until the receiving becomes manifest. So one of the reasons I want you to have faith in God's help 
is found in a couple of verses in Luke uh, chapter 22, verses 31 to 32. You can leave that one up there all morning. That's just a beauty. Um, But this is an incident in the life of Peter just before Jesus was arrested and went to the cross. And Jesus had prophesied to Peter before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, oh, that'll never happen. But listen to what Jesus said. Now, I want to tell you that these verses became very special to me. At a time in my life, pastoring the church in uh, Wynnum, where, I mean, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. You know, my family was going through some difficult situations, my own health. Uh, The church was in a, you know, a down season instead of an up season. You know, there was a little bit of people moving and, and you know, I mean, people change churches. That's, that's life. That's what happens. Um, and uh, anyway, that was happening. The finances were not healthy and going down and, and you know, there was a conflict uh, amongst some leadership people. And I mean, just everything that could go wrong was going wrong. <clears throat> and I was really feeling the pressure of that. And, uh, you know, I was believing God as best I could uh, spiritually wise but I was stronger spiritually than I was emotionally and physically and so uh, uh, but that's okay Jesus was once in that position he said my soul sorrows nigh unto death but for this cause I came in other words he was an emotional wreck (laughs) and under attack physically but he was strong spiritually amen and so um, so as I was in that situation alone in prayer one day the Lord quickened these verses to me and I read them to you. Luke 22, uh, verses 31 and 32. This is something Jesus said to Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now, I'm going to put my name in there because this is how God spoke to me. And I want to tell you that when God spoke these verses to me, there was one word in these two verses that leapt out at me and gave me the courage of 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 an army of ten thousand one word i wonder if you can pick what the word was as i read it out to you again nick nick satan has asked to sift all of you at bayside christian family church like wheat but i have prayed for you nick that your faith would not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Do you know what the one word was? The one word was, when. <laughs> have I said this before here? Oh, come on. You, oh, you, you looked at my nose, didn't you? I, I saw you pick up my laptop before. You know, yeah, oh, what? You know, look, oh, what a smarty pants, you know. Eh? He said he'd welcome Holy Spirit and he's, he landed over there in that chair, you know. <laughs> the word was when. Now, why did the word when encourage me so much? Because Jesus looked into the future, not the present of the circumstance. And he said, Nick, I've looked into your future and I see a future point when things are not as they are now. But you've turned around from your negativity and you're even stronger than you were before in your leadership to bless your brothers and to help them get stronger. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? 
Jesus said, when, it means, Nick, I know what you're going through is temporary. Nick, I know that what you're in now is not the end result. It's a stepping stone to the right result that God has for you in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to notice, Jesus started praying before the problem even started. Oh, come on now. Give the Lord a big thank offering for that. Hallelujah. Jesus started praying for you before the problem even started. Hallelujah. He said, I have prayed for you. When did he start praying for him? I don't know when. But listen, Jesus is praying for you even before the giant knocks on your door. Jesus is praying for you even before the storm in the ocean starts. Jesus is praying for you even before somebody pokes a hole in your pocket and your finances start dribbling out. He's prayed for you before all of that. Hallelujah. And not only has he prayed for you before all that, but he's touched God and he knows that when Jesus is praying for you, God never says no to him. Things are going to turn around and get better than what they were before. Can you say amen? Come on, give the Lord a thank offering. Come on, thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. And, and you know, here's the thing that amazes me. Peter's about to commit the worst sin of his life. He's about to fail in the worst possible way. He's about to betray his best friend. He's about to betray the God he loves and serves. Amen. The God who's blessed him so much and changed his life so much. And, and, and he's about to betray him three times. And Jesus is already talking about how Peter's going to be so much bigger and better in the future. I mean, people were getting healed when his shadow touched them. I mean, wow, talk about the works that I do shall you do and greater works than these shall you do. Well, Peter's the only one I know that's done greater works and, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's his shadow passing over people. Wow. I mean, how could you go from so low to so high? Because Jesus has been praying for you, that's how. <laughs> because you get yourself right with God. Because you say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And then he lifts you up far higher than however far down you've been. Can you say amen? amen? And look, some people never get over their biggest disappointment. Some people never get over their biggest shame out. Some people never get over their biggest mistake or their biggest failure. Can you imagine Peter when the cock crowed three times, the Bible says something incredible happened, something statistically impossible it says that at that very moment, Jesus and Peter made eye contact. I mean, in the circumstances of that night, that's virtually impossible for that to have happened. But that's what happened. They made eye contact. <gasps> Peter went out and wept bitterly. I don't think he slept much that night. Can you imagine what happened the next morning? A cock crowed. Can you imagine Peter? What have I done? What have I done? Jesus is dead. Peter's denied him three times. Oh, no, what have I done? I'm the worst Christian the world's ever known. I'm the worst friend the world's ever known. I'm the worst disciple the world's ever known. 
And the next morning it happens again. The cock crows. Peter goes, oh no, what have I done? And somehow he got over that. Somehow after he was reconciled with Jesus, when the cock crowed, Peter said, oh shut up you stupid old thing. I'm going to have you for lunch. You know, he was able to face things he couldn't face before. Hallelujah. Because Jesus prayed for him and because the Lord was his helper. Can you say amen? Oh, come on, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. We did a uh, Bible study in our home group recently. And if you want to have a look at Psalm 34 sometime, it'll do you a lot of good. But I started off looking at Psalm 34 and, and, and this is how I started. I said, Psalm 34 demonstrates that God is near enough to help, interested enough to listen, loving enough to respond and strong enough to meet the needs of those who fear him and call upon him. Amen. <laughs> He rescues people out of their fear and out of their trouble and out of every difficult circumstance they find themselves in, even if they got themselves in it. And four times in Psalm 107, it says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distresses. Amen. And, you know, this is just who God is and how God is. And, And look, the thing about God's help is it's so very, very practical. You know, God helps mums with their mothering. And I can remember my wife having her first. She was a colicky kid and, I mean, gosh, you know. Lynn was just exhausted every which way. And, 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 and you know, there were times where she would be on the, on the couch um, at night feeding Kylie or trying to feed Kylie who was colicky and, you know, very, very difficult. And Lynn would fall fast asleep laying on her back and the kid's still there, you know, like that. I mean, that's how exhausted my wife was, you know, but... God helps mums with their mothering and business people with their business. He helps students with their studying. Hallelujah. I felt that benefit myself. Amen. He does. He helps Christians with their Christianity. He helps the sick with their healing. Amen. That's awesome, isn't it? Helps those who are troubled to find their pathway to peace. I'll give you an example of how the Lord helped me once. This is a long time ago. We were financially, uh, you know, made some mistakes. And on bad advice, bad Christian advice, I have to say. And we followed that bad Christian advice and we paid a price for it. But, you know, God was in the restoring business, amen, and I needed another job. And, uh, uh, and I applied for this job at what was then the Gippsland Institute of Advanced Education. It's now a branch of Monash University in a town called Churchill uh, in the valley in, uh, uh, in Victoria, about 100k from Melbourne. And uh, so this job came up and I went down for the interview. Now, I went down for the interview not knowing that the previous year they had 26 applicants for this job to be a, a teacher. On the year I applied in the will and purposes of God, I was the only Australian applicant. There was a guy from Canada expressed interest, but this was before mobile phones no cheap airfares, you know, uh, and they, they couldn't afford to interview the guy, much less offer him the job and have him move back out here and all the rest of that, you know. So basically, unbeknownst to me, completely unbeknownst to me, their attitude is, well, if this guy who's applied for the job, um, if he can talk in an understandable manner... <laughs> 
we'll give him the job. I was definitely underqualified. I only had a bachelor's degree and you can't teach at an advanced institute even with a, hardly even a master's these days. But anyway, so I was just barely, barely uh, uh, meeting the minimum standards. And yet, uh, in my prayer with the Lord, we'd come to an agreement that I needed a certain salary. And so we went down for the interview. And uh, while we're there, it comes to this point and the guy puts the salary uh, uh, scale in front of me and says oh well um, you're the new bloke on the block and you haven't had academic training uh, before and, and this is your first job in teaching uh, at this level uh, so we would have to start you on the bottom of this scale which was less than the money that I had agreed with God would be uh, appropriate and so I looked at the scale and I said I said, look, thanks very much, but I couldn't start any less than that one. And I pointed to one about, you know, just over half or halfway up the scale. I said, I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't start unless it was started there. And uh, now I don't know I'm the only Australian applicant, so they send me out of the room. And I think, oh, well, fair enough, they'll send me out in a minute and, and um, uh, you know, get me on the bus home, whatever. And uh, so they come back 20 minutes later and say, Mr Watson, we'd like to offer you the job. This is a public service. They did not do those kind of things, amen? But they were desperate and I didn't know that. I should have said I want to start at the top of the scale. <laughs> I was not being led by the Holy Spirit, you know. Uh, I was being too humble. You know? <laughs> but, but do you know something? When I got that job, it also did something else. It did two other things. Firstly, it was my first job as a teacher and when I was a teenager... I had this inside me, in my DNA, in my spiritual DNA. I had this little voice inside me crying out, Nick, you're a teacher. Nick, you're a teacher. Nick, you're a teacher. Nick, you're a teacher. But my, wife, my life went a different way. And I became an office person. And my, my degree was in office business. Uh, and that's what I was going to be teaching. But, but, but in this transition of employment... That DNA calling inside me, Nick, you're a teacher, Nick, you're a teacher, began to be fulfilled for the first time. And then when I got a calling as a pastor, it became to its full uh, ness in, in terms of teaching God and teaching his ways and teaching his word. So I tell you, the Lord is always on the throne. He's always working on our behalf and you can trust the Lord. There's a wonderful scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. How many know what that scripture says? The good plans that God has for us. That's what it's talking about. And if you're ever going through a situation where it doesn't feel like the good plan of God, then you know that situation's only temporary. Just like it was when the church was in trouble. Just like it was when we were financially in need and needed this better job. <laughs> It wasn't the end. It wasn't the good plan of God. We were out of the good plan of God and we were about to come into the good plan of God just like our brother described today when all that churning and bashing and, and heating up and all of that's going on, you know, but the end result is coming when we're back into that wonderful good plan of God and he's worked everything for good in our lives. I want to just finish by just mentioning a couple of specific areas. And one of them is this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God will always provide for you. He will always help you with what you need in your life. 
whether it's spiritual or it's practical or it's relational or whatever it is, you can count on God. Listen to Psalm 27 verse 9. David says to the Lord, you have been my helper. Even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord will receive me. Hallelujah. The Lord will adopt you. He has in Christ. You're already adopted. He's picked you up. The devil kicks you when you're down. Jesus picks you up and puts you on a higher place, a rock to stay. Amen. And so we can feel confident that even at times when you feel you can't go another step, the Lord will help you go another 10,000 miles. I've had that situation happen many times in my life. I said, God, I don't know how I can go another step. He says, that's okay, son. Just trust me one step at a time. And you look back, you know, and you think, wow, how far I've come, you know, since I said I couldn't go another step, you know. And God's like that. Another way is through protection. Psalm 121. People often focus on Psalm 91 which is a psalm of protection in battle. But actually the day-to-day protection is in Psalm 121. It says, I'll watch over your coming and going. I'll be with you day and night. I won't slumber or sleep. I'm always on the job. Amen. And, you know, my wife and daughter were in a car heading over the uh, Brisbane Gateway Bridge, doing 100K like everybody else at that time of the morning, heading for the airport, when a truck decided to change lanes. The truck driver is a very short man and he didn't look in his side mirror to know that my daughter's car was in the next lane and he just moved over. Bang. Their car spun, hit the truck again. Bang. Car spun again, went across all lanes of traffic, hit the um, uh, concrete wall. Bang. Spun again, uh, hit a ute, which had basically come to a stop and then finally stopped. In the process of all of that, uh, you know, the boot flew open. There was a pram in the boot. Uh, It shot out and split in two. And uh, as the truck moved toward my daughter's car, my daughter said to my wife, Mum, a truck. And Lynn just prayed one prayer. Jesus, help. That was all she prayed. Jesus, help. She prayed it about a thousand times. In five seconds, it took five seconds to go bang, 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 like that. The car was damaged on three sides. And Lynn was not hurt. My daughter had a bit of a sore neck for a couple of days. That was it. And uh, talk about the protection of God. And she just said, you know, Jesus help. That's all she said. Jesus help, Jesus help, Jesus help. Said it a few times. And the Lord helped. Amen. The Lord helped. Hallelujah. And so, look, you can ask for the Lord's help. He will be with you. And, you know, perhaps you can look up other situations where, you know, God's help will come to you. Let me read another one. Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you, for I am the Lord. No matter what you go through, the Lord is going through it with you. But, but he does require you to exercise your faith. He does require you to do the things of faith. He does require you, the Bible talks about, fighting the good fight of faith. So what you've got to do when you're in those difficult situations is not resist God, but resist the devil. Amen? 
got to say, devil, get your hands off my life. Devil, get your hands off my body. Devil, get your hands off my finances. Devil, get your hands off my family and my relationships and so on. You've got to use your authority in Christ. You've got to fight that, that good fight of faith. And I'll just finish with one, one final scripture. Um, I know this probably doesn't apply to anyone in this room, uh, but uh, I have to make a shameful um, confession to you. You know, as a pastor, there's times I've had difficulty with prayer. I'm sorry, I know, you can, you can just throw all the lemons at me and, uh, uh, and everything else, throw these shoes, you know, whatever. You know, you've probably never heard a pastor say that before and, and you know, I know you're going to be thinking he's the worst pastor the world has ever, ever known, you know, for a pastor to have difficulty in prayer. That's just absolutely crazy. You know, he's totally disqualified and, and I'm sorry to say, you know. Uh, uh, but here's a wonderful scripture. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps. Well, what's the word we're talking about today? The Lord is my helper. Can we all say that together? The Lord is my helper. Come on, let's say it out loud. The Lord is my helper. Come on, out loud. The Lord is my helper. Once more out loud. The Lord is my helper. It says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. Let me read you the CEV, Contemporary English Version of that verse. He says, In certain ways we are weak, but the Holy Spirit is here to help us. For example, when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit prays for us. And the CEV is recognising that we can be weak in a lot of different areas of life, but the Holy Spirit will always be there to pick up the slack. He'll always be there to add God's strength to our weakness. And the Bible says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Can you say amen? And so prayer is just one example. And so we're going to finish by quoting what Paul said in Philippians 4.13. I want you to say this out loud with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is your part of when you need God's help. You tell God, Lord, this is the area where I need help, but I'm not asking just based on need. I'm asking based on faith that you're the answer to that need. I'm asking in faith based on the partnership that I'm not expecting just to lie here in depression, lie here in fear, lie here as a misery pot, you know, and expect God to do everything for me. No, I'm going to stand up on the inside. I'm going to fight my emotions. I'm going to fight my body. I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to fight the circumstance. I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. No matter how dark it is, no matter how tough it is, I'm going to believe God. Amen. And he is going to then help me. He is going to partner with me as I partner with him. Can you say amen? And that's when the help will kick in and that's when the miracles will start to happen. Listen to this song, Chain Breaker. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking saviour. If you've got chains, he is a chain breaker.
So wherever you need God's help. If you're sick, he's your healer. If you're in a battle, he is your victory. If you're in a stressful situation, he's your provider and your peace. If the very forces of hell are against you, trying to drag you into sin or depression or whatever it is, he is your deliverer, he is your forgiver, he is your transformer. If you're deceived, he's the truth that sets you free. If you're confused, he is your wisdom. If you're in financial difficulty, he's your provider. If you have problems in spirit, soul and body, in finances, in relationships, in circumstance, anyway, he is your peace. He's the one that sorts messes out. Can you say amen? And so I want to just pray this prayer of blessing over you. And I want you to go from this place today saying, The Lord is my helper. What are you going to say? The Lord is my helper. And not only that, you're then going to say the, the, the head and the tail of the coin. The Lord is my helper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord is my helper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you say amen? amen. Lord, thank you that our victory is assured because Christ won the victory for us. Hallelujah. And Lord, I thank you, God, that even when we don't deserve it, like Peter didn't deserve it. You are still our helper. You are still our friend. You are still our rescuer. You are still our deliverer. You are still our forgiver. You are still our healer. You are still our provider. Even when we don't deserve it. How amazing is that? That's grace. And Lord, we just thank you for your word today. And we believe your word that you are going to come and help us where we need it. As we said in that first verse, the exact answer we need right at the time that we need it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, to whom be all glory and God's people said, Amen. Well, we're going to be happy to pray for people this morning, but I'm just going to hand back to Pastor Peter for now. 